I'm so glad you guys are here. Welcome to Reignite Church. I'm Pastor Marshall, and I'm so glad to be a part of this family of God. Our philosophy here is simple. Um, love is the way we serve, and so that's what we want to do. We want to encourage you to uh, reignite a love for God, to, to uh, reignite a love for community, and reignite a love for all through serving. And with that being said, if this is your first time here and, and you're catching this fourth message, you can go by the uh, church app, the Reignite Church app, download that, and you can get all the messages on there. And we'll be glad to see you there um, and listen to your boy on the app, as well as our Facebook page and different stuff like that. Today I'm starting a, uh, a message that's entitled, Redefined by Peace, or Defined by Peace. Our series is called Redefined, and we're, we're asking God to redefine us to be more like Christ. Is that all right? Yeah, so we're asking God to redefine us to be more like Christ. And what we want to do in this fourth message of six is to have him redefine peace in us. And so um, I believe God will meet us today, not at the level of my preparation, but at the level of your expectation. Yeah, yeah. So if you're, if you're ready to receive, I'm ready to share. All right, let's get in it. What does peace, some would say? What is peace? Some, thinks, some think peace is a place, is a place you go. You know, it, it's, it's, it's a serene thing that we search for, but that's, that's not it. Some might say peace is having no stress. How many of you would say peace is not having stress? <laughs> some may say peace is having no bills. If I don't have no bills, Pastor, woo! But I, I know, I, I, I don't know, but I've heard of people that have a lot of money, and yet they still don't have no peace. Oh, man. Oh, man. So, so peace isn't the absence of problems. That's not what peace is. But what if I told you that peace isn't something that you get? It's something that's given. Are y'all ready? Peace isn't something that you get. It's something that is given. For example, if, if I was to say, I'm going to get you some water, I, I, I may get it. It may take me a while to get it. Uh, you may get it today, you may get it tomorrow. But when you, when you receive it, it's been given, right? So peace isn't something that you get. Stay with your boy. Peace isn't something that you get. It's something that's given. Um, so I can get you coffee, but until you receive it, it hasn't been given. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And, and his mission was to come to the world and, and bring peace to everybody. So, so he died to go get peace. Ooh. And he rose to give peace. Oh, my gosh. I said he died to go get it. And he rose to give it. But the problem with us is we don't receive properly. We don't receive properly. Oh, my gosh. The, and, and let, me, let me help you with this. Let me set this up the right way. I'm getting too excited and ahead of myself. In the Greek, peace means to tie. It means to tie. It's the idea that when there's a tie that binds, there is peace. Follow me. Follow me. With that being said, in our text this morning, there's a place where peace resides. And there's a tie that holds it together. Peace has a place. So if, we, if you meet me in, Mark, in John chapter 14, verse 27... Before Jesus goes to the cross, let me give you some context so you can appreciate the content. 
before Jesus goes to the cross, on his, way to the, um, on, on his way to heaven, he talks about going away and sending some help back in the form of the comforter. We're going to be in John 14, 27. Jesus is talking to his disciples, and, and one of them spoke up. Actually, uh, several of them spoke up. Uh, Philip spoke up. Judas spoke up. Not the one that you know about, the one that betrayed him, but the other Judas. There was another disciple named Judas. Judas spoke up, and he said, you know, he wanted to know why would Jesus go away and, 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 and not give everybody this information that he was giving them on, his, on this final discourse of his life. And Jesus said, well, everybody doesn't obey me, basically, if I can paraphrase. Everybody won't obey me, only those that love me. And so he's giving them this final, this final command, these last words. You know, when you say last words, you're not talking about your, your bills. You're not talking about how you feel or whatever. Your last words, you're saying important stuff, right? So Jesus is having a conversation with his dudes, his disciples, and he's saying that I have to go away, but I'm going to send some help back. And this help is going to give you everything that you're going to need. It's going to remind you of what's important, the things that I taught you, and it's going to bring to remembrance the things you know. Oh, my gosh. And so with that being said, in verse 27, I only have one verse for you this morning. It says, Jesus says to his disciples, I'm leaving you with a gift. Do y'all see it? I'm trying, to not, I'm trying not to go ahead of myself. I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of what? Mind. And peace of heart. Peace of mind and peace of heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or be afraid. See, Jesus was going to the cross. He was going back to heaven, but he had to go through the cross. And he knew that there was going to be some hard times. There were going to be some, some troubled times. And I want you to know this morning, uh, if I can share some insight about the verse. Oh, man. This verse is telling us that peace is a gift that only comes from God. You thought it was a place out there, but it's a place in here. In here. And it's a tie that binds. And it's a God that binds. It's a spirit that binds. There's a Jesus that binds it all together. So peace, peace, yeah, I don't think y'all still get it. I want to I simplify the message. Peace, when it comes to peace, the problem with peace giving, the problem with peace giving is peace receiving. Let me say it like this. Jesus said, I'm going to give you a gift. Can I say it that way? The problem with gift giving is gift Receiving. <laughs> it's all about the receiving. I can go get you the gift, but until I give it and you receive it, it's not yours. Mm, mm, mm. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. How can I help you? How can I help you? So some people don't know how to receive. And, and I want to help you with that this morning. So I brought my ball, I brought my football. This is what the Lord told me to do. The Lord said, bring your football, Marshall. Because when it comes to receiving, we have to understand how to make it happen, what receiving looks like. And so I, I thought, before you can understand how to give, because everybody's been told it's better to give than to receive. But Jesus says, I have a gift. It's peace of mind and peace of heart. So the insight God got, told me was that some of you, some of us, have forgotten 
what it looks like when someone has something to give. It's about receiving. I'm purposely remind, uh, reiterating the point. Gift giving is about gift receiving. Let me break it down for you. There's a story in, in, 1990, in 1975 about a divisional playoff game, the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, America's team. The Dallas Cowboys were down 14 to 10. They were down 14 to 10 against the Minnesota Vikings. This was 1975. With only 24 seconds on the clock in the fourth quarter, the Cowboys, that's when I come to love them. They, and the Cowboys, Roger Staubach, he drops back with seconds to go on the clock. And he sees his, 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 his receiver, gift giving, gift receiving, trying to get open. And so Drew Pearson, his receiver, goes down, and he's running, he's running with all he has. And, they, and you have all the defense out there, and they're trying to oppose him from getting the ball. So Roger Staubach, drops, he drops back. He was nicknamed Captain Comeback. He drops back, and he, and he throws the pass. And he said that when he, drew the, when he threw the pass to Drew Pearson, Staubach said he has said a Hail Mary as he, as he threw the ball. And that's where we get Hail Mary from. He said he, he threw it with all he had, and he said a Hail Mary. And Drew, and Drew Pearson, he said he was running, and he tried to get open, and then he, he barely got open, and he caught the ball, but he caught the ball on his hip, and he ran it into the end zone, but he got open to get the ball. And some of us are fighting to get open. When it comes to gift giving and gift receiving, you have to get open. You know, being open looks a lot like surrender. And receiving looks a lot like receiving. Can you put your hand up? Can you put your hands up to receive this ball? Can you put your hands up to receive? Yes, yes, yes. You got to have your hands up. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. You know, gift giving looks like, get, uh, get, look, looks like receiving. So when you receive, you know, I can have it for you. But if you don't, if you don't, if you don't catch what I have, you, 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 won't, you won't get it, right? Gift giving is gift receiving. Ooh, it's about receiving. It's about receiving. But you got to be open. <laughs> oh, man. You got to be open. You got to be open. That's the first thing I want you to know. When it comes to the gift of peace, man, God wrecked me with this. Lord, I want to launch it back to you, but I'm scared I might hit the sound. <laughs> I want to launch it back because he's got his hands up and he's ready in the booth. Believe me, <laughs> the unconventional me wants to launch it to you, bro. <laughs> but I'm scared I might hit the system. <laughs> I don't trust myself. The thing that wrecked me this week as I was preparing the message, God was saying, Marshall, well, all you're facing this week, man, 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 it's been a busy, crazy week. I don't know about you. It's been a busy week. It's been a busy week. Well, all you're facing with all that everybody's going through, what they need is peace. But Marshall, help them to understand they got to be open. They got to be open for it. So the first thing you need to know is you must be open to receive peace. If you're ready to receive, it looks like surrender. Uh, and like in football, sometimes it's not easy to get open. Sometimes it's not easy. Um, it's not easy to get the help you need. It's not easy to get the advice you need. Um, but we serve a God who's an advocate. 
we serve a God who's a counselor. He's a wonderful counselor, the Bible says. He's a counselor, and he has plenty of advice to give us peace, and, and, and he wants to give us the gift of peace, but we have to be open to receive it. It might not be the, the, the dose at, with, and the measure for, by which you think you need it, but he has advice, and he, he has counsel for us this morning because we'll all face uncertain times. Jesus was about to go to a beautiful place. He was on his way to heaven, but he knew he had to go through the cross. Yeah. When Jesus promised peace, it wasn't that he was ignorant. He was ignorant of the cross. When he said, I'm going to leave you a gift, he knew that we would, we, would, we would stumble with the struggle to receive. So he said, what did he say? He said, easily, um, don't be troubled or be afraid. Don't be troubled or be afraid. So he anticipated the trouble that we would have. He, until, he anticipated the fear that we would have in his absence. Because sometimes we want to be comforted. We want to know that it's all right in uncertain times. And sometimes we want to know, and we get that fear when we get the diagnosis. We get that fear when, 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 our, when our marriage is messed up. When I, I say when it's messed up, because Tiffany and I are going on 30 years. I'm a, I'm a testament. She's a testament that 30 years later, you can still have a message after a mess. There's peace if you're open. The reason why we're able to stand up here 30 years later and start a church is because, man, my pride, I had to let it go. I had, I had to drop my pride and re- open myself to receive. Amen. Good counsel. Good advice from the advocate. I had to push past some things. Some of you need to push past some things to get the peace you need this morning. You got to push past it. You got to push past what they're telling you. You got to push past what you feel and get open. Get open. And there's a quote that says, everything comes, everything comes to us that belongs to us if we create the capacity to receive it. Yeah. So how do we create the capacity to receive? I'm glad you asked. I'm going to tell you how to create the capacity to receive. There's truth for that in Philippians 4, verse 6 through 9. The scripture says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Do y'all see it? Yeah. Then it says, tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Verse 7. Then you will experience God's peace. Peace is an experience. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. This peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ. See, peace has a job. Yeah. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing Paul is saying, fix your thoughts. Y'all see that? On what is true, honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about these. Think about, think about, Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you heard. It sounds like Paul's reminding them of Jesus' final discourse when he says that the Holy Spirit's going to come. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And John, and he says that the Spirit, before the verse we read, 
the Spirit is going to come. He's going to remind you. He's going to bring to remembrance the things that I taught you. So if they, say, they say here, Paul says in verse 9, keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. The truth that he's shared with them as well. Then the God of peace will be with you. Then the God of peace will be with you. So Paul says to the church in Philippi and to us, there are four things we need to know about the peace of God. This is what he says. Number one, you have to opt for prayer. You have to opt for prayer over worry. Yeah, peace is a choice. And you have to opt for prayer. God won't do that for you. You have to opt for prayer over worry. In other words, choose prayer. Somebody needs to hear me. In other words, choose prayer over your worry and over your fears. Pastor, what is prayer? Maybe this is my first time in church. Pastor, what is prayer? I don't even know how to pray. Well, God is a father, so I would talk to him as a father. Well, pastor, I don't have a father. Maybe you're like me. I grew up, my dad was gone at 11. 11 years old, he was gone. But I learned that Jesus is a father. And so I talked to him as a father. So without a dad, you still can talk to the father and have a father. Let me tell you, the simple thing about prayer is, it says right there in the text in verse 6, it says, prayer is nothing more than telling and thanking. That's all that prayer is. Prayer is about telling and thanking. Pastor, break that down. I thought you'd ask again. Prayer is about just telling God, this is where I am. This is where I am. This is my problem. This is my situation. God, I'm telling you, I know you know all things, but let me tell you from me, your child, this is where I am right now. I'm struggling with this thought. I'm struggling. I'm struggling with this situation. Father, you know, but Lord, I'm going to thank you in advance for everything that you're about to do, things that I don't understand that you're doing, for, for meeting with the doctors, for meeting with my, my mate. Father, I'm telling you what I need, and I'm thanking you in advance. I'm trusting you, Lord. That's all that prayer is, is telling and thanking. Choose prayer. Choose prayer. There's a second thing we must do. We must protect our mind. It's not your job to find peace. It's your job to make room for it. Who needs to get open? It's your job to make room for peace. Yeah. There's a story I read I thought I'd share with you guys. It was a there was a story of a man on a, on a train, and uh, he was sitting between two older ladies. And the ladies were having a problem this day on the train with, with the man in the middle. One lady wanted the window open. She said, I'm about to die of exhaustion, heat exhaustion, heat stroke. I need a window open. And the other lady complained. She said, oh, my gosh, if you open the window, I'm going to die of pneumonia. I can't have the window open. One's thinking about heat stroke. The other one's thinking about pneumonia. And so the ticket taker came down and the ticket taker came and they said, can you help us with the problem? And you seem like you're in charge. Can you help us solve the problem? He didn't know what to do about the problem. So eventually the man in the middle spoke up. He said, I can tell you what to do. He said, let me, let, let me, let me tell you what, what I would do. I think we need to raise the window up that'll kill the one. And then we need to close it back again that'll kill the other. And then there'll be peace. And sometimes we think it's our job to manufacture 
the peace that we need instead of just letting ourselves settle and pray about some things uh, and to protect some things, our thoughts. Yeah. Peace is God's job to give, church. And it's ours to receive, but we must protect it. Which leads me to my next point. The third thing we must do is we must engage. Engage our thoughts. We are transformed, the Bible says, by the renewing of our mind. So we need to engage our thoughts. What are we thinking about? The text says in verse 8, it tells us and instructs us to fix our thoughts on certain things. And it gave us a list. That's what I like the like about the Bible. The Bible's a textbook. Not only does it, does it tell you things to do, but it gives you, it lays it out. And so the Bible says what to think about, things that are good, things that are, and think about those, those things. So we have to fix our mind. A fixed mind is a focused mind. Yeah, so whatever's worthy of praise, think about that. Whatever is good, think about that. But maybe you don't struggle with things. You know, for me, first thing in the morning, I'm a late sleeper. I go to bed way late. If I can just be a little transparent, because I know y'all don't struggle with stuff, but I'm just going to use myself as a canvas this morning. I like to stay up late. I'm one of those that don't like to let an ounce of daylight go by because I may miss something. I'm trying to do stuff, trying to get stuff done, and don't want to miss anything. But the problem is, I get up early too. And sometimes when I get up early, I want to lay in the bed. I want to lay there for about 30 minutes to an hour. The problem I have with laying there is that my mind starts thinking about the things I didn't get done, the weight I should have lost, the, the things I should have done. And so I have, to, I, have to, I have to lay there and I have to read, I have to pray, I have to, sometimes I just got to get up, just got to get up to get my mind focused. And I try to remind myself of things that are good and, and, the, and, and your beautiful faces and what God is doing in our church. And I start trying to remind myself of those good things and what God has done and how far he's taken me. And then my mind switches back into focus. Church, you need to, who needs to fix? Who's that for? Sometimes, you know, I know my, my thing is first thing in the morning. When is yours? When your mind gets to, gets to over, being overactive and over negative. And you need to fix your thoughts. Engage your thoughts with the things of God and what he's done and what he's about to do. Someone said, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. Hmm. So we must engage our thoughts and we must fourthly, and we're out of here. Never negotiate with the truth you've learned. I'll say that again. Never negotiate with the truth you learned. Pastor, well, I'm not going to negotiate with the truth. You do it with yourself all the time. You negotiate. Never negotiate the truth you've learned. If you've been there, done that, we have to learn from it. God's word is instructing us with his truth. And, he, and he's telling us, Paul is telling the church in Philippi, he's telling us today, reignite. Don't, don't negotiate with the truth you've learned. Because many people are getting robbed of the truth they had. The devil is real. 
and he will rob you. Even if it's a distraction, he will rob you. John 10, 10 says he's a thief. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And one season, he's probably stealing from you your joy. He's probably stealing. He's he's trying to rob you. (laughs) And and, um, if he's a thief and he comes to uh, steal, kill, and destroy, he's killing some things in you too. Different season. Ultimately, he's trying to destroy you. He's trying to destroy your peace. So we have to remember never to negotiate what we've learned and to practice it and to practice it it's all about practice I, I recently said practice you talking about practice well you know he didn't make it too long after his NBA career because that's what he thought about practice talented AI was but he didn't care about practice we have to practice what we learn as well When we practice the truth, we know peace is perpetuated and perfected in us. When we practice what we learn, I say that again, peace is perpetuated and is perfected in us. So what I'm trying to say, all I I said was to say this. When we opt for prayer, when we protect our heart and mind, when we engage our thoughts and never negotiate the truth we remain open to receive the perpetual peace of God that passes all understanding and I wonder this morning who's open God went to go get it Jesus came to give it But who's open for it this morning? Who's open? Some of you may feel like you're in the fourth quarter. You're in the fourth quarter of your life and you're trying to get open. God God has dropped back and he's ready to give you the pass. But you feel like you're in the fourth quarter. Can I get my clock on the the screen? Can I get my clock? You, You may feel like the time is running out There's five minutes left and counting. Would you stand with me all over the place? Would you stand with me? The clock is running and and God is dropping back and he's sending Jesus and he's sending Jesus. He's, he's, He's sending Jesus and he's looking for who's open. The clock is ticking. The clock is ticking. And you feel like if I don't get peace in this situation, I don't know what I'm gonna do. If I don't get peace, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm running out of time. Can I coach you for a minute? I'm skilled. I'm qualified to coach you. Thank you for my education. Regent taught me how to be a a spiritual coach. If I can coach you for a minute, I want to tell you, keep pushing. Keep pushing. Keep running. Keep running. Keep pushing and running. God has revved his arm back, and he sent Jesus to give you your peace this morning. Maybe you're in the fourth quarter, and you don't know what you're going to do. I want, to, I want you to know, we were all reminded this week of what peace looks like on display. When we looked at the Botham situation this morning on Wednesday, if I can talk about that for a second. I know you're standing, but I've been standing longer than you. This week, we saw an 18-year-old example 
of what God's peace looks like in the midst of trouble, where there should have been trouble, where there should have been fear. Outside the courtroom this week on Wednesday, on this normal Wednesday afternoon, on, outside the courtroom, there were people chanting and holding signs up after they heard the verdict when this 18-year-old had his brother killed and his accuser was right there in front of him. And he sat there and he had the audacity to ask the judge, can I, can I give her a hug? Brent asked the judge, can I do something? He said, I didn't even talk to my parents about this, but I don't mean anything for you right now as he's looking at the lady that killed his brother. And he said, can I give her, can I give her a hug? And the, and the judge granted, because God was all in that. And the judge granted the unusual request for him to give her a hug. And, then, and, and Brent got up, 18-year-old, and gave her a hug. He, and he also said that he didn't mean anything for her, that he loved her. And we saw forgiveness on display. But I want to go further. God showed me when I saw that and when I read that, God showed me that he had peace of heart and mind. So he, was, he had the ability to forgive because he was open. And I wonder, are you ready to display peace like that? When you can display peace like that, then I believe you'd have been defined by peace when you can push past your problems. And that's what God wants you to know today. Push past it. Keep running. Keep running. What he has for you is for you. But you got to get open. Pastor, I feel like I'm in the fourth o'clock. I feel like I'm holding on to my peace like this. I'm just, I'm just running. I'm running. I'm running. But you can still score. We can still score. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for the moment you had with us this morning. Through all the distractions and all the uh, unsettled things that happened in our, our lives this week and even this morning with the sound and everything uh, acting up, Lord, you showed up to give us a word. And may our hearts receive it this morning. Lord, may we be accountable to the peace that we, that we want that we'd be open to it, Lord. And Father, I thank you that you not only will, are willing to give it, but it's, it's a peace that, that is perpetual. It continues to show up in our lives. It continues to show up in different ways. Peace shows up in, in, in the form of forgiveness. It, for, it shows up in the form of love. It shows up in the form of the things that you are attached to. So Lord, we ask that you will give us a heart of forgiveness this morning as well as a heart full of peace. And we'll thank you for that. With every head still bowed and every eye still closed, I wonder, was this message for you today? Would you raise your hand? Yeah, you need some peace. Uh, your pastor tells you, I, I, I had my hand up first. I needed peace. Yes, I needed his peace. Now I'm going to ask you to be bold enough, like, like, Brant was in the courtroom to get up from your seat where you are today. I'm going to ask you to be bold enough to come down here to this altar and tell God you're open. I'm open to receive the peace that you have for me. Lord, I'm open. 
Lord, I'm open. If you, if you need prayer, I want you to come down. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I'm asking you, if you want to be open, ask you to come down. I brought my oil with me today. The Bible says that if anyone is sick among us or anything, we can ask for, in the New Testament, it says that we can ask for the elders of the church to, to anoint us. I have my oil. If you need oil and you want to be anointed, have me pray over you. We can pray over you. Or if you want to pray for someone else in a situation and you want to be anointed, whatever. But if you're open for what God wants to do today in your life, the altars are open. The altar is open. Come now. Come now. Come now. Don't, don't come saying my heart is unsettled and then you leave the same way. God is, he's, he's waiting for you to open up. He's waiting for you to surrender because he has peace for you. Father, I pray for those that are coming down that are here this morning. I pray for those that have something in their lives that, that have some unsettled thing, some unsettled area. Um, and Father, I ask that you I ask that you be with them, Lord. Be with each and every one of them, Father. Be with each and every one of them. You know. You know what they stand in need of. It's unique to them, Lord, but it's not to you, Lord. Be with them. Be with each and every one, Lord. Father, they need your peace. They need your strength. Father, they need, they need to forgive some areas because they, they try to do it on their own. Lord, we ask you to give your peace, your peace. Peace comes from you, not from us. Help us not to do it on our own strength, Lord. Give peace, Lord. Give peace today. Give peace, Lord. Give peace. Give peace, Lord. Give peace. Church, let's continue to pray. In Jesus' name. It'll be over when it's over. I said it'll be over when it's over. Let's pray. Keep praying. Keep praying.